Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. No, I kind of, we, we kind of know what the... What the I read some of your uh, notes. Okay, so Kate, yeah. <laughs> Amy, can you scroll down and look at Kate's recipe section? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I know what it said before. What, is, what does it say? It, it must have, I'm wondering if maybe a cat. Yep, that's what it looks like. Oh, oh, no. It says 1971 and then it goes, nah, and then a bunch of enters and then ED zero, dot, 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 and then your actual note. <laughs> that sounds like a cat. Yeah. It's, a yeah. Cat. it's so good. I love it. We're going to have to put in the show notes that they uh, they helped us this episode, yes. whichever yeah, cat yeah. it was. Yeah. So, Everybody's was, good. We're it was probably Wednesday. She's the one that's usually. Although, I mean, to hit M so many times in a row with those paws is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. You think she would just be hitting all the keys? Yeah, but if she just like steps and stands there and like just oh, that's true. Looks and it's around. M space, M space. Yeah, so. no, there's spaces. Oh, yeah. it's well. very weird. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or your computer is haunted. So hello and welcome to Drunk Dish, where three (laughs) delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process. This is episode 40, where we will be discussing Christmas pudding. And will we finally find out what pudding fucking means in the UK? I'm Melissa. I'm Kate. I'm Amy. Uh, we did it we actually did did it it. uh now that we've introduced ourselves every episode kate likes to ask us one food related question so kate what is our question okay so this isn't this is this is like this is like topic adjacent um so two it's kind of a two-parter right part a is um are we pro? Are we yay or nay to cookie boxes? You know, like your mm-hmm. well-meaning, loving friends and relatives, like who love to bake or just want to share a little, a little joy um, over the holiday season. They like make the little cookie boxes, the a little assortment, and they put it in a little thing, and they give them to people uh are you are you for the cookie box or are you kind of like this is really just more the thought that counts kind of situation and fine that's fine um and slash um what's the last cookie left in the box like what's the Mm -hmm. sad one that's left over that like is just kind of sitting down in, in there you know are there like three of them like maybe it's it was a selection of six different things and there's like three sad something something's left what's the one that like nobody in your house will eat Mm. i mean i gotta be speaking for everybody yay on cookie boxes i feel yay on a cookie box i don't know i just sometimes i'm like "Eh, you know are people i mean i guess if they're like bad bad bakers you would nay but the idea of a cookie box that's possible 
100% yay. Yeah. All yay, all the time. You've given me cookie boxes. Yes. Boxes. Mm -hmm. I have given cookie boxes. Yeah. They're fun. Amy, did you yay or nay? A yay, 100%. Cookies all the time. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Who wouldn't honestly, if you nay cookie boxes, please let us know. I would if it's if it's like a store bought cookie box, depending on yeah, I'm not saying yeah. Because sometimes those are like really except for that tin. Yeah, the tin. Give me the tin. Oh Oh, my god. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That like everyone's grandmother keeps just like random shit in after it's empty, but it's buttons. It's the button tin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a puzzle. We had a puzzle in one when I was a kid. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really disappointing when you find that tin. You think there's going to be delicious butter cookies or sugar cookies in there. And then you open it and it's fucking buttons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't, really, I, don't, I don't really care about this, this puzzle of like a tea cozy with a kitten because half the pieces <laughs> are going to be missing. That's true. Yeah. They're always missing as well. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Where are the goddamn butter cookies yeah. so we all yay <laughs> okay so we yes, all yay. Cookies. yes um at least i mean i, I don't know because there isn't like a standard right. that comes in cookie boxes like i'm trying to think of when you gave our last year you gave us one but it wasn't even all cookies like there was some fudge in there so for me like the fudge stays because i'm not like Super i'm not a fudge person yep, really yep. Mm-hmm. um but i ate all the cookies out of it so for me, I think it would be anybody that any cookie that was like too much chocolate. Okay. Um, so like a chocolate cookie with chocolate chunks. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not about that life. I mean, I'm not the type of person that chocolate. puts, yeah, puts half the amount of chocolate chips and chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Because yeah. I like more cookie to chips ratio. I think that's better. So I mm-hmm. guess, but that's not because they're bad. I mean, if they were store bought, obviously, if they were those like grocery store sugar cookies with the like yeah. inch of awful frosting on the top that oh, you can yeah. like the ones that give you like, one leakage. <laughs> so, do, <laughs> so did those fake, but those uh, healthy potato chips. What were those? Wow chips. What were they? They were called, they were called wow chips. Yeah, and like the oil <laughs> that was used caused yeah. anal leakage, and it was yeah. like a big thing. Same mm-hmm. thing in those cookies. Really? Yeah. Those yeah. the like the ones that almost look like the tops of like cakes or yeah, muffins or whatever. Yeah. They're like really soft with like the yeah. thick yeah. icing. Yeah, they those like they're not cooked, but they're yeah, not those like have the that oil that causes anal leakage. So I was not aware of that. Yep. Plus one to the camp that hates those cookies because this is a hotly debated topic on the internet. There are people that love those cookies, and then there are people that hate those cookies, and that. It's been a, a crazy battle for the last like four <laughs> years, I want to say. It started one year and it's like, and I'm firmly in the, those are disgusting camp. I, I don't have strong feelings either way. I just, you need to know what they're going to do to you. <laughs> I like those cookies. I, yeah, I do. I like those cookies. I know. I know. And they're they terrible. are, they are really like, they are really like the, what? like lowest common denominator of flavor too they have like almost like no, nothing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like no. you can't mm-hmm. even dip them in like anything no they're just definitely like a weird weird cookie i cannot yeah. believe you're on the other side i know i, I know, I know. we're gonna have to this is gonna be our last episode 
because uh, Kate and I aren't going to be friends anymore. <laughs> yeah, ever. I'm not, they're not my like, I wouldn't, they're not like on the top of the list of sure, choice. But you'll eat them if it's but the only I, option. Yeah. yeah, if you're desperate for something sweet, they're sweet. Um, they're, yeah. I mean, you can't eat the whole thing because then you will have. I can't even eat one. <laughs> I, I yeah, I guess I've never really enjoyed that many of them because I can't say that I've. <laughs> yes, please on the, this public podcast tell us about uh, any times you may have experienced anal leakage. Yeah, I can't think. Oh, of this is not, we should not be talking about that on a food podcast. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, you guys. What are your cookies that you would leave behind? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't have any cookies I would leave behind. <laughs> no cookies. I thought left you were agreeing, nodding at me uh, to agree with the chocolate, chocolate and chocolate chunk. No, I was shaking my head no, because there's oh, no such thing as too much too chocolate. Much. Either I made so I made some cookies the other day that were like kind of a bust and it's because they're like they were chocolate chocolate cookies but also with peanut butter chips in them and chocolate cookies are just really hard to tell like their level of doneness so yes. they're like more likely yeah. to be overcooked yep. um so like and that's that was my issue with them is that i had overcooked them but like if i hadn't overcooked them they would have been fine and it's like like it's a cookie i have a like a huge sweet tooth like i yeah. will eat anything that is made with sugar so like i would eat them if I was like really like if it's that time of the month and I'm like mm. I need something and I do sometimes yeah <laughs> uh, I do sometimes get the like chocolate the stereotypical chocolate craving yeah um, so like if they were around I don't hate them like I do those store gross sugar cookies that give you mm. leaky butt. Um, <laughs> I don't hate them. I just, they, they just wouldn't be my preference. They would definitely be the last thing I would eat. Yeah. In I, did, I just eat every, like I, it's a problem. Like I just <laughs> eat anything sweet. Like it's something it's I there. need to work on. It's there. I'm, I'm eating it. I got you. Yeah. 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 Right. What about you, Kate? Um, <clears throat> I don't love jelly cookies. <laughs> like, Yeah. And I think it's because my grandmother made like the thumbprint cookies that she used mm-hmm. to make were heavenly, like they were amazing. And so I think anything, I think it's always like doesn't live up or I don't mm. think it's going to live up. So it's just definitely the last one that's in. Also, I don't love raspberry. So I'm always assuming that it's going to be raspberry flavored. Mm. And hmm. so I'm just like, mm, if it's strawberry or cherry, I'm probably there for it. But if it's raspberry, unless it's just raspberries, I'm probably not there for it. So now I want to make you thumbprint cookies and see if the, if they're yeah, good. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Bring them on. I've never made them though, so it's just uh, yeah, it's like any of those, any of those. Like I feel like mm, get stuck in like that, like chew, get like it gets mm. kind of chewy and like weird. Mm. Um. Also, I don't really love, and this is probably sacrilegious, but I don't really love the Hershey Kiss ones. <gasps> like the, the whatever it is, the peanut butter cookie with mm-hmm. the Hershey Kiss, like peanut squish- butter blossoms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not yep. like a huge fan of those either. But yeah. then, to be fair, though, like they will end up getting eaten. They just would right. be the last ones in the box. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, these cookies are getting eaten. Right. Don't right. get it twisted. We're eating the cookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it sounds like we should be sharing cookie boxes because it sounds like we all have different yeah. like, like uh, on the spectrum well you would just eat all of them 
Yeah, you would have to, but that would be good for me if someone you'd else. Get, you'd get ours at the end. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what's left. Well, we're not going to eat just these like and a trashed compactor. Just like give me all the leftover cookies. <laughs> I love it. I Darn. love it. So good. Awesome. Well, um, thanks, ladies. Good answers. Um, so, <laughs> Melissa, tell me, me, what are we drinking tonight? So, uh, my notes say I am drinking, but I can actually see it, say that Kate and I are drinking. Yes. Because she did pop by today real quick, and I, I gave her a bottle of this. So, we so are drinking uh, Coquito. Of course, my cat keeps opening the goddamn door. Kidding. Um, we are drinking Coquito. Um, some people call it Puerto Rican eggnog, um, which is something that we'll kind of get into. Um, so it's very similar to eggnog in that it's a pretty thick, white, sweet beverage that people drink around the holidays. Um, the big thing about Coquito is... Um, that it is coconut. It is heavily coconut. So nice. this is something that you make in a batch. Um, you don't really just make like one thing of it. You make like a bunch and then um, it's actually super, super shelf stable. So you can keep it around for a while. Um, but my there's also a ton of variations, which we'll also talk about. But for mine that I made, it was one can of coconut milk. So like um, the standard cans are 13.5 ounces stupid cat um four ounces evaporated milk uh one can sweetened condensed milk and uh the cans are like 14 ounces um two cups or one 15 ounce can of cream of coconut um now pretty much everyone says you got to use coco lopez for this um that is like the god of cream of coconut it's that comes in a can it's that blue can it's very obvious it sticks out on the shelf the problem was um our country is trash and uh <laughs> we're doing worse than ever in terms of the pandemic so i had to order all my stuff to get delivered and i couldn't get uh coco lopez so i just had to use a different cream of coconut that i think is actually a lot sweeter uh, than Coco Lopez, which I think affected kind of the final flavor of this. Um, but then a quarter um, teaspoon of cinnamon. You can add a half teaspoon if you like it to be really cinnamony. And then an eighth of a teaspoon of fresh nutmeg, um, one teaspoon of vanilla, and then one and a half to two cups dark rum. Um, so I specifically used Appleton Estate Reserve, um, which is a Jamaican rum. You are supposed to use Puerto Rican rum. I didn't have any Puerto Rican rum. Um, also, I saw a lot of recipes that said you could use both dark or white rum. Um, I went with a darker. It's actually a gold rum. But I went with a darker rum because it has a little bit more nuance and a little bit more funk, which I thought would be fun. Um, I wouldn't recommend like a spiced rum with it because I think the spices will kind of mess up whatever spices you chose to actually put in your coquito. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also easily make this virgin um, by adding additional coconut milk instead of the rum and adding a rum extract if you want like a little bit of that funk okay. um, if you don't want any alcohol in it. So all you do is you literally take all of this stuff, you throw it in a blender, you blend on high until it's well combined. Um, then you can strain if desired. Like it, you can also put like, um, whole spices or like, um, coconut flakes and stuff in it. So if you wanted to like strain that stuff out, you could, um, and then transfer it to a picture or glass bottles and chill for at least four hours, um, or until you're ready to serve and then just shake or stir it before serving. Um, 
I also will be putting it. Oh, my ice is melting. Oh, it's melted a lot. Uh, I will also be putting mine over ice because I think it needs to be uh, really cold. I did try a little bit of it after I had first made it. So I'm going to pour. So here's my one of my bottles. It's Ooh. super thick. Um, it kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say what it looks like. <laughs> um, Describe it for our listeners. It's white and thick. <laughs> it looks like Elmer's glue. It is not the, uh, that color white, which is why I think it looks like something else. Uh, oh, can you hold on? I'm going to hold this up so you guys can see it. Mm. So you're supposed to drink this. This is like way more than you're supposed to drink. Uh, I'm the only one drinking out of this. <laughs> uh, it's a lot more than you're supposed to drink because it is so rich and so sweet. You're really only supposed to drink like small things. Also, I did bring a shot because we're in a pandemic and a lot of us aren't like seeing our families this year, mm. um, which means that I have lost the opportunity to get absolutely shit faced um, and just listen to my family say really ridiculous insane things uh so i'm gonna do a shot before this yeah this is the appleton estate reserve rum that i have in here um it also i wanted to say because kate said this earlier and it was great so as a cheers i'm gonna say as the booze ensues Oh, gosh. It's so good. Did you try it, Kate? Oh, oh wow. That is I really was going to say, do you like coconut? Because if I you don't do. like coconut, you would not like this. Oh, wow. I do like coconut. And it is really like I have mine on ice, too. Yeah. Um, and I had put it on ice early so that it would kind of like melt a little bit because it was really, really thick. Um, this is delicious. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really it's wild because it's like really warm feeling. Like it's really I think that that's probably because it's so trapped. Like with the that's coconut that rum. Well, yeah, there's that. There's that too. <laughs> um, but it's just like the, it's so tropically with the. Wow. Oh my god! It's so nice to have at least one of you guys being able to. <laughs> Drink the same thing I'm drinking, like the before times. No, oh, back like, in the we before get, get together in person and record. Tell us the stories of the before times. I can't. We'll just get really depressed. So <laughs> it's okay. I'm drinking a really festive drink over here too. Uh, watermelon White Claw. <laughs> so, I mean, festive for Fourth of July, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Wrong holiday. <laughs> Um, so anyways, like I was saying when I was How talking about this in this, because this is real. Um, this, is, this is well, as I said, the recipe says one and a half to two cups. So oh, it's yeah. based on okay. preference. How much do you think I did? Two and a half. No, <laughs> two. there are two cups in there. Okay. Um, and I actually ran out of the Appleton estate um, because I have like six bottles of rum right now, all different that have just a little bit left in them. So I used all of the Appleton estate and there was still like a quarter cup left that I needed to put in. So I just used pussers. <laughs> so there's a really strong, like dark rum in there as well. But I think it works really well with the coconut. Yeah, it's nice. It's like, really, um, really. it's I, I asked because you had said it was very boozy. Yeah. 
It doesn't it doesn't really come across as super boozy. It comes really? across as like I mean it's boozy, but I think because it's so creamy and sweet, um it's, it's good. Yeah, it's real good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um so like I said, there are endless variations, um, but most people seem to agree that Coquito must contain coconut milk, coconut cream, Puerto Rican rum, which I, I didn't use, um, and sweetened condensed milk. Like those are the main things. There is a big debate about eggs, which we'll talk about a little bit. So Coquito, Coquito means little coconut in Spanish, which is oh, adorable. Like I want to get like sparkle, like if you were going to rename her, Coquito, Coquito would be... Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect, perfect. Name for her. Yeah, little coconut. So it means little mm-hmm. coconut in Spanish. Um, it's a traditional Christmas time drink in Puerto Rico. Um, <clears throat> like I said, it's very rich. It's vanilla-y. It's thick and creamy um, and drank at the holidays. And while some variations um, of egg knobs and egg knobs? Egg knobs and broomsticks. And broomsticks. Oh. Yeah, that's where I was going too. <laughs> um, <laughs> variations of egg nogs and flips, which we have talked about flips previously. It's where you add an, a whole egg to a cocktail. That's a flip. Um, have been around since the 1300s. We can't confidently say that about Coquito. So some people posit that Spanish colonists, oh, this is funny because I said some people posit and then said Spanish colonists brought Possets. <laughs> if you remember from past episodes, a posset is a drink made from hot milk curdled with ale or other liquor and then flavored with spices. Spice. Oh my God. Wow. That shot is hitting me. Mm. Uh, flavored with spices. Um, and that is like the grandfather of modern day eggnog. Um, So they're thinking that the Spaniards brought this over to the Caribbean when they colonized it and began uh, obviously adding the stuff that was around, which was coconut and rum. Um, This makes a lot of sense, but also there's zero evidence that this is actually what happened. Um, The first evidence of Coquito shows up. Well, I shouldn't say first evidence. The first time you see it in print shows up in a Puerto Rican cookbook from 1952. So not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. Um, And this version is simmered over low heat. So it's cooked. The one that I made is not cooked um, with alcohol added after it is cooled. And it also includes eggs. Um, Others believe that Coquito is the younger cousin of American eggnog, uh, emerging as kind of like a clever way for Puerto Ricans to imbibe during prohibition. Um, And the, the reason that they did this was because they thought like that the coconut fat could somehow disguise the alcohol. Um, I mean, I guess if I smell this, it does just mostly smell like coconut and not rum. So, I mean, maybe, um, but most likely Coquito is simply Puerto Rico's like comes from Puerto Rico's abundance of like the primary ingredients that make it up, which is coconuts and sugar. Makes sense. And, And then of course, rum. So, what about eggs? This is like a hotly debated topic, apparently. Um, I had asked a couple people at work that are of Latin descent, and I said, um, or no, I had gotten to the eggs, I think. Yes, I had gotten to the eggs. All right. Back on track. Here we are. So what about <laughs> eggs? What about eggs? So yeah. uh, the first, about the like eggs? I said, So I, like I said before, the first recipe in print includes eggs and is also cooked. Um, 
But many actually say that the inclusion of eggs would actually make this a punch and not coquito. Mm. Uh, It would also make it an eggnog and not coquito. Although I argue that the addition of the coconut flavors is what really makes it different from eggnog, not necessarily the use of eggs. So I couldn't find any other reason for this, except that like some people just use eggs and some people don't. And the eggs probably come from American eggnog. Um, and people just thinking like doing it because American eggnog has eggs. So they made Coquito with eggs, which Mm -hmm. doesn't make much sense, but I couldn't find like a definitive answer online. And when I had asked people at work, eggs or no eggs, they basically, everyone that I talked to said, well, we don't put eggs, but honestly, the whole fight is stupid. If you want to put eggs, put eggs in it. Um, and then there's also the cooked or uncooked. I made the uncooked version. I also couldn't find anything about this either as to why one is cooked and one might not be. So I have two theories um, as to why there is cooked and uncooked. So my first theory is that if you use eggs, just yeah. like with eggnog, some people mm-hmm. might cook the drink for safety. Yeah. Which I put in quotations because if you remember from our episode where I talked about eggnog, this doesn't actually really do anything because you would have to cook the eggs way more um, to actually make them safe. Yeah. Right. They have to be fully cooked. (laughs) You can't just like keep them them or whatever. Right. Like they're already for the most part, at least in America, they're already pasteurized. So like you're not doing anything by actually cooking eggnog. Um, So just have it raw. Calm the fuck down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just eat it raw but that might be a reason because i think most of the cooked variations i saw had eggs in it but then i also saw some cooked variations that didn't have eggs in it mm-hmm. so my second theory is infusing whole spices Ooh. Uh, Ooh. into the mix so i saw one guy there's a channel that i watch um i think it's called how to drink Uh, And it's a bartender. He just makes cocktails or whatever. And when he made his cooked version, he did. He put like whole cloves, whole sticks of cinnamon, Mm. um, whole star anise. And he cooked that and simmered it. So that's, yeah. And then he strained it out. So obviously that kind of like infuses the spice. Whereas this, I just put in nutmeg and cinnamon. I didn't really infuse anything i didn't put in star anise i didn't i didn't you know put in whole cinnamon sticks or anything like that um but one of the great things about making it without eggs is that it'll keep in the fridge for four to six months wow what yeah four to six months really that's a really long time (laughs) i mean this will be gone before then so it doesn't matter but right yeah that's cool At the end of the day, um, just like adding eggs or not, the correct version most likely comes down to how a person's family made it. So like Mm. if someone's abuela made it with eggs, then to that person, that is the the correct person. And you will never Mm -hmm. sway them just like if someone's abuela made it without eggs or made it or made it uncooked. That's just kind of how it goes. At the end of the day, you still have this very rich thick coconutty sweet drink with rum in it that is fucking delicious really delicious like really and i will say i feel like has gotten better as i've <laughs> as I'm as i have sad uh, that i can't drink it with you guys yeah i feel a little guilty for um i you should 
drinking it on ice really does also it's more chilled so that's probably it when i tried it originally it was still not super cold and i didn't put it on ice so it felt very heavy mm. it's yeah. very sweet and very thick now when i'm drinking it i'm just like i was I'm wondering a, i'm gonna drink this whole freaking bottle tonight. yeah <laughs> i was wondering if it was because like the ice had kind of diluted yeah. it a little bit mm. and it had kind of like yeah, it's real, real freaking good. <laughs> good. And it's so easy to make. And you could put this into bottles and share it. Give it as gifties. Yeah, put it gift. in, put it in your cookie box with <laughs> your just cookie dough just right in. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And a cute little bottle. Like that little bottle that you put it in was real cute. Yeah, I have a bunch of them. I used them for like when I made um the tapache and when I made ginger beer. Yeah. Yeah. Real good. Cool. So Amy, tell us all about Christmas pudding. Yeah, now I really want to know. Not fucking pudding. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, though? (laughs) So I didn't even like there was like such rich history just about Christmas pudding. I did not get into the like pudding, American pudding versus UK pudding debate. I need to know, Amy. That'll be a whole I know it's Another not pudding, episode. but do they call all dessert pudding? Because sometimes they do stuff on Bake Off and they don't call it pudding. They just call it whatever it is, like cake or brownie. Yeah. So the pudding, like Christmas pudding specifically didn't start as a dessert. It started as an appetizer um, and it was not sweet. It was savory um, way back when. So mm-hmm. the, like the is pudding just the word for dessert? I don't think that theory pans out, but we'll have to dedicate like a whole other episode just to the question of pudding i can't believe that you're not going to answer it this episode i'm, I'm sorry so disappointed i'm sorry there was we'll so much to, we'll have to have stuff. some kind of uk friend on to talk to us about what the fuck pudding is and why yes. it's like a biscuit no it's a fucking cracker no it's a goddamn cookie like what is it <laughs> i don't know it's the, <laughs> Only the questions are cookies <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know so I um, Christmas pudding is also called plum pudding or figgy pudding. Sometimes you you may have heard those terms in various Christmas songs. Um, oh, no, there's spotted dick. <laughs> what there's spotted dick. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. They make I'm going to make that my notification it. tone for when you text me. Just your voice saying <laughs> spotted dick. <laughs> I mean, great in a crowded room, which will never happen again because of the fucking pandemic. Yeah, but, no, we're never gonna. Anyways, uh, so um, I, I there's a great like direct quote from one of the sources that I wanted to just read because it made me laugh. Um, Christmas puddings are eyed with skepticism, befitting a dish that can be accurately described as a cross between fruitcake and haggis set oh, on fire. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> that is so, like, perfect. Yeah, if there's ever a description to make you yeah. not want to eat something, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so its origins go back to medieval times. It was a medieval medieval dish, and it um, is derived from English sausages. Um, so way back when, there were not a lot of ways to preserve food and make them last a long time. So um, one of the, the, the medieval version of Ziploc bags were uh, animal intestines. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Gross. Yeah. 
so they would um that's how sausages were were uh invented i mean that's was, how cheese was invented right yeah because yeah, it putting went, went bad inside the like stomach or whatever and they scraped it out and it was cheese we talked yeah. about that on an episode yeah, and then we were like that. let's eat that because yeah. i don't know how the human race has survived this fucking long um but we really? have <laughs> So uh, originally different like fats and spices and fruits and vegetables were mixed with like bits of meat and grains and just packed into intestines. So it was like a like a medieval Lunchables um, is everything you needed for medieval uh, Lunchables. That's good, too. And like it was a way to preserve food. Um, it wasn't called plum pudding or Christmas pudding. Originally, it was called plum pottage um and plum was just a word for like any kind of dried fruits so it didn't it wasn't like a specific type of fruit and like i said it was originally served as an appetizer not dessert because it was more savory than sweet um so it had like these rich spices um but it also had veggies and fruit and grains and meat kind of like all mixed in so it was almost like a like a minced meat pie but just mm-hmm. stuffed into intestines um um yeah. so in the 16th century though we have this switch where plum pudding changes from this like savory appetizer type dish to a more sweet dessert type dish and that um and part of the reason why is because there's some different um things that are developing in terms of like food preservation techniques and this thing is invented called a plum cloth and essentially it was a fabric that you could use to preserve foods um so using animal intestines was no longer necessary so you'd wrap it up in this plum cloth and then um people were like okay so if we don't need to store it in, in intestines what can we do to make this more appetizing so what are the we focus- gonna do with the intestines yeah <laughs> wait a minute now we have all this extra intestines <laughs> so the focus shifted from like uh a invention of necessity to um like how can we make this taste better so they this is the point where they introduced suet which is a type of fat that was found uh, in animals particularly around their kidneys and they would add this for flavor to make it have a richer flavor and then they would add more um more fruits too to like kind of complement and and add sweetness to it have, and have either of you ever seen suet yes yeah it's like little pellets like little like like when or at least when we see people use it on like bake-off or whatever i assume it's processed specifically for like baking and stuff but it's like it almost looks like rice but it's fat you one of my friends is a pig farmer and she sells like hunks of suet (laughs) yeah rural new hampshire folks i'm sorry amy's friend but well Like if you if you go to a butcher shop, like usually in the in the beef case, you they will have beef case in the beef case, like in the beef case. (laughs) Um, they'll have like suet in there because people will use it as their fat, like for Amy popping open a cold one. (laughs) But I didn't know that I was today years old when I found that out. Um, because to me, suet always was just, um, bird food. Like you could buy at the, also still at the grocery store, my grandparents used to buy, um, like a seed encrusted suet 
usually yep. in the shape of a bell that you would hang from a tree outside and it was bird food because the fat from the suet helped the birds that would stay here over winter um, mm-hmm. because they were, you know, like helping, it was helping to like beef up their, beef up their little bird bodies. Yep. Yeah. They, beef up so, their bird body. Yeah. yeah. I feed, I feed our chickens suet um, yeah. in the yeah. winter too, because it, it adds to their fat on their body. So it helps keep them warm. Um, and especially a time of year when other natural food sources are pretty scarce. So like, for yeah, instance, yeah, yeah. chickens will usually eat bugs and worms and things like that. But those either hibernate or die off in the winter in New Hampshire. So the suet replaces that fat, fat content and protein yeah. content for them. The fact so, that, yeah, the fact that it's an ingredient in people food is like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> It's struggling. It's, yeah, it's it's yeah. It's I'm it's, having a hard time with words, Melissa. It's not just it's so coquito. yeah. <laughs> so in the 16th century, we have these changes to like preserving food, and we also have this uh, like raging war between Catholics and Protestants in As England. Always, yep. Yep. Uh, thank you, King Henry the Eighth, um, for for. Yeah, starting that whole thing. Um, so there was this like period of time in England's history where there's this back and forth between like, are we a Catholic country or a Protestant country, Catholic or Protestant? And that fueled a lot of the political discourse of the time. And um, essentially, uh, the uh, Christmas pudding and plum pudding becomes this like symbol of Catholic and uh, practices and like Catholic idolatry. Um, so Cromwell comes to power in 1647 and he's like bringing down the hammer of Protestantism. And he, um, let's say, uh, creates a war on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Protestants, man. Am I right? Christians. Um, Cromwell plus Starbucks equals war on Christmas. Yep. He bans, <laughs> he bans plum pudding. He bans yule logs he bans carol singing and he bans nativity scenes because they are all symbols associated with the idolatry of catholicism and protestantism at that time meant it's got to be boring to be religious well that's the puritans right right and catholicism at that time was like we're losing people pay more artists put naked sculptures everywhere it'll be fine Yeah. Right. So there's this this back and forth. So so plum pudding becomes banned in the mid 1600s and like 1650s. And um, shortly thereafter, George the first comes to power as the king of England uh, and he's of German descent. So there's this like um, shifting the, the Protestant versus Catholicism thing like that set off by Henry the eighth. He dies, obviously, and then like fucking it goes through Queen all the way to Queen Elizabeth, which it's a miracle she became queen because she was fifth in line to the secession. And then she dies childless. So there's this question of like who's going to rule and they have to go back and find lineage. So Germans end up becoming the royalty in England in the mid 1600s because of all this. And uh, he fucking loved plum pudding. So yeah. much. Hells he yeah, did. bring back the club pudding. Yeah. Wow. So he was yeah. uh yeah, his nickname work. was the pudding king. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've We're got just too many stuff for episode titles. <laughs> <laughs> it just it was it's perfect. The pudding yes, king. The pudding king. 
so he's he like undoes all of the rules that thomas cromwell puts in place and he's like fuck that like i love my pudding too much and he loved his pudding so much that he got the nickname the pudding king um so at that point uh <laughs> in england's history um it it starts to become more of a staple in an english household as a meal around christmas time and obviously there's um you know there's this like back and forth of like whether or not it's allowed um in the mid 1600s but george the first cements it and then it's the english love for this dish grows and grows and grows until queen victoria ascends to the throne and yeah amazing lady um especially if you like uh you know uh imperialism that's you know she did a lot of great things in that realm (laughs) but she cements many of the modern christmas traditions that we celebrate in the western world are from this period in england's history um so part of the reason why is that dickens is alive during this time um and he writes a christmas carol and a lot of the things that he mentions in a christmas carol as things that an average english family would do to celebrate the holiday were just things that an average English family would do during this time. And because they are put down in this classic literary tale, they become kind of immortalized. So part of the reason why Queen Victoria cements all of these things is just the literature and culture and poetry that was so vibrant during this time too. So um, yeah, so by this point puddings like this central figure and a christmas dinner um and there were even savings clubs that were created during this time so think of it as like a you know 1800s costco or um you know sam's club where literally yeah it was or literally savers but it was a a thrift store right yes but they were the savings clubs of of the 1800s were designed to help housewives save up the money to afford the ingredients to make christmas pudding oh my god yes because it was such a big deal like if you didn't make christmas pudding like who the fuck were you like what kind of nobody that mother what a shit housewife you are yes you don't have that guy really you guys turned like that (laughs) this fictional housewife is great um and one of the other traditions during this time too is something called stir up Sunday, which is like the most fuck up fucked up it's thing I've ever. Up <laughs> no, that would oh. be amazing. Um, <laughs> stir up Sunday was uh, associated with the making of figgy pudding. Um, there were prayers associated with stirring what the, the ingredients of the pudding. Serious? Oh my god! I'm gonna I'm gonna read one to you. Stir yes. up. We beseech thee, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people, that they plenteously, which is a fucking word apparently, bringing forth the fruit of good works may be by thee the plenteously rewarded through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And stir up Sunday was a day where you would recite these prayers and you as a family would take turns stirring the ingredients and you had to stir them from east to west in order to honor the journey (laughs) of the Magi. Oh, no. (laughs) That's amazing. I spotlighted you for it. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) But then I messed it up. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
so uh but uh christianity is definitely not based on pagan traditions definitely no, not that no. doesn't sound no, no one do people say that who says that i don't think i i think i don't know i heard a rumor I mean, you in, christians who killed people for being pagans mm. <laughs> right but like they had to know deep in their hearts where it came from mm. they were just choosing to i would hope so ignore so, it or saying yeah it came from there but like this is what it is now so it came yeah. from there but that was because we the made it Jesus put it there preemptively yep so that we could find it, and steal it. that's it's right an Easter egg that jesus planted <laughs> <laughs> yes we have, to, yeah. we have to go to the third we're just room putting the car before the horse for metaphors really <laughs> jesus uh, can't plant easter eggs <laughs> he had the help of the big oh, he when he was yeah that was when he was r- risen right so he mm. had time i mean he was on he was very he was risen for a very short time and then he just up to, up to yeah heaven. i don't actually know what happened after that we don't have to talk about that now though yeah it's a whole it's we'll do an easter episode about that we've already um, done an easter episode well, it was there's like our so first many episode. Catholicism is rich with weird fucked up history and stories and food related stuff. So I'm sure we can fit another Easter episode. Uh, We probably could Easter part two. Yeah. So this, uh, the ritual of stirring from East to West was considered uh, to be essential in order to bring your family good luck in the coming year. And um, something else that sometimes uh, people would do for their figgy pudding. Whether I stir normally, whether I stir East to West or West to East. I mean, it depends on where you're standing, doesn't it? I I mix it up, make sure everything's good and good and mixed. Um, You would also hide trinkets. In the mixture. That doesn't um, seem safe. Trinkets. Trinkets. Um, so there's other examples of this in like quarters in, and so, like yeah. So there are different things that would be have different significances. Again, Christianity is totally not based on paganism. Um, but sometimes the charms would include things like a silver coin, which would signify wealth if you were the one to find the silver coin. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, or a ring. To represent a future marriage. Ooh. Or if somebody found a thimble, that meant spinsterhood, which is the worst fucking thing imaginable. Yeah, no, it's the worst thing that could happen to a woman. I mean, she might yeah. as well kill herself. Yeah. What's, but this what's, your, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> if you're not pleasing a man, why if exist? No, why but if you're, if you're not making children. children's, yeah. you know, like, yep. that's really. Um, but this is really similar to Twelfth Night Cake, too, which is another, like, catholic thing um where you would bake charms and trinkets into the bread too um so again that could be a whole another episode um there were vegetarian options developed during the 1800s also for poor people because only poor people would not eat meat products at this time um so there was a book called Modern Cookery for Private Families. It was written by Eliza Acton. And she um, created a vegetarian version of figgy pudding. And she called the recipe cheap and good. Oh. Um, and I'm sure we can post that eventually if we ever post anything on the website again. Because uh, I'm not good at that. Yeah, and but I've been posting on the website. You have been posting stuff. Yeah. Yes. So I just didn't want to um, volunteer you for something that I didn't I've literally want. been doing it like the whole time. I know. 
I know. <laughs> but I didn't want to say we'll post it because what I really mean is yeah. Melissa might post it, but I yeah. like that's me telling if you to do stuff. The drive, I will post it to the blog. Okay. I will make sure it gets in the drive. So, and then at this time too, Queen Victoria's chef, Charles Elmi uh, Francatelli, which is probably pronounced really fucking wrong. He also published a book called The Modern Cook and he published Queen Victoria's Plum Pudding Recipe. And that, and I have that also, um, there's suet, there's brown sugar, raisins and currants, candied orange peel, eggs, breadcrumbs, and then some spices like nutmeg, cloves and allspice, and then lots of fucking booze. Um, so, and I'll also make sure that that's in the drive so we can post that online. Um, but the th- cool thing about this, <laughs> cool, I guess, is that uh, figgy pudding became a symbol for British imperialism at this time. Uh, because w- for a couple of reasons, one is that this just like your beverage, Melissa, could last a remarkably long fucking time. <laughs> so you made it and then it would last for up to a year. Gross. Okay, now food shouldn't last that long. Right? It should oh. not. Oh. Um, so, and also at this time too, like so modern Christmas pudding or fig pudding is usually made in like a bunt cake or like some sort of mold, which is like a, like has like a dome type shape. But at this time it was boiled in um, that special cloth thing I mentioned earlier. So it would come out done as like a sphere or a ball. And British citizens at this time equated it to like the globe. And um Christmas pudding was like this like symbol for like how Great Britain had conquered the world. Um, so they could, yeah, they could ship it to all the colonies. And because it had such a long shelf life, it would make it there and still be somewhat edible. Um, and they also had this theory because like you would put all these dried fruits in it too. So it was like all of the dried fruits were like points on the globe that were the colonies and they were all held together by fat. By the suet. <laughs> the grossness of imperialism. I think I may be spinning this a little bit different than 1800s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you resident. might be letting your bias show. Maybe a little bit. There's also in the drive, I put in a British political cartoon that, that directly that. used yeah, yeah, yeah. it as uh, a symbol to represent British imperialism. Um, and and also it was a way to like there were there are a couple accounts of this time of like um, British colonialists and imperialists um, sh- teaching the locals, quote unquote, how to prepare um, figgy pudding, which they were probably like, this is fucking gross. What is wrong with you? Um, and then also a lot of British soldiers would eat it. So like their family would be able to prepare it for them and get it to them in the months it would take to travel. Um and they would eat it all over the world. So the soldiers would enjoy it because it was something that like would remind them of home. There's accounts of soldiers in like what's modern day Afghanistan um, or parts of the Middle East or the Far East consuming figgy pudding um, because it, it uh, traveled well. <laughs> so uh, there's still there's still some uh, modern enjoyment of figgy pudding part of it a lot of it comes from it's uh, it being mentioned a lot in charles dickens a christmas carol there's like a whole passage about how awesome the figgy pudding looks um there's also too a theory of how the atom is structured that's based off of plum pudding it was uh penned by jj thompson he called it the plum pudding model and it's too scientific for us to get into right now 
but it's interesting. He was ultimately like proved wrong. And then, <laughs> but like he like used plum pudding as like an analogy of like how the atom is structured. And people are like, yes, we get this because plum pudding is everywhere. Um, and then obviously there's mentions of it in different pop culture and in Christmas carols and songs. It's still prepared to this day, although much less so. And um, just like everything that has to do with Christianity, there are some pagan roots in pagan heritage. Um, there's, uh, I feel like, again, we could do like a whole episode on like Celtic or pagan dishes that were adapted for Christian purposes. Um, but there's some things like the, the, raw ingredients that are included within plum pudding or Christmas pudding um, are very important to Yule time within Celtic and pagan traditions. So that's likely in addition to like food preservation and taste, likely why they were included and became synonymous with Christmas as well. So that's all I have for today. I don't know. Have you guys ever eaten plum pudding? No, I haven't, but I've been intrigued by it since like, obviously my husband and I are very big Great British Bake Off fans mm -hmm. or the Great British Baking Thank Show you. in the United mm -hmm. States. Thank you. Uh, so we've seen it a lot. And I'm always like, like, especially Spotted Dick. Mm. Like at least ev once every season, someone makes Spotted Dick. And I'm just like, like the ingredients in it sound good. I mean, except if they use suet, but a lot of times they don't you sue it anymore mm -hmm. so i'm like it sound good but it just looks weird but they mm -hmm. make like a lot of steamed or boiled like dessert things over there so yeah i've been a little intrigued to like try it but i'm also not intrigued enough to like make any of it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i um was also this many days old today when I found out that it wasn't actually plums mm. in it because I thought plum pudding would have had plums in it. That reminds me. What is figgy pudding? Like I would have thought it would have had figs in it. Figs in it, but it does what not. That's the atom <laughs> structure as 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 like imagined. A it, as does plum pudding. Like a it does look like a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, it looks like a chocolate chip cookie. The positive pudding and the negative plums. <laughs> but yeah, okay. the, the idea of the structure of the atom was that the, the negative elements of the atom were suspended somehow, just like oh. the currants and dried fruits are suspended within the plum pudding. I get sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I found there. that that was like the last thing I found in my research. And I was seems, like, seems scientific y to me. Totally. Yes. But he that Fair. scientist was alive in the late 1800s. So that like plum pudding would have been like a very pervasive part of holiday celebration. So it would have been something that like was easily identifiable to the, the, his like, lay, contemporaries and would have understood. Right. Exactly. So and he it, like that scientist was like a big deal because he did a lot in terms of of theorizing how the atom is structured and communicating it via lay terms, although he wasn't exactly right. But one of his students got it right. So that counts for oh, something. Well, He's a good he, teacher. Yeah. That's yeah. More, even more important. It's good. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you, yeah. Amy. No so, problem. Kate. Oh. What? Yes. I, I was going to say, so Kate. Oh, and then you right, said, so ahead. Kate. Sorry, go ahead. So Kate. <laughs> 
Yes, Amy. (laughs) Do you have have a recipe to share with us tonight? I do have a recipe to share. Um, So coincidentally, in the super cool recipe box, um, the there is a no, as you guys can see this steamed plum pudding recipe card uh in there which just to me it seems so weird and random and bizarre yeah. and so 1971 like it's perfect that it was I in mean, there i think it's more 1871 well, but, right oh. yeah yeah <laughs> Ooh, burn um <laughs> so yeah, it's bizarre. Like I cannot, and it, it definitely took me down a suet rabbit hole today because one of the ingredients on here is two cups ground suet. So I'm assuming, Melissa, that that's what you're you're talking about when it looks like rice or looks like you know little beans that it's ground suet. Um. Yep. So. so this recipe yeah and like it's crazy so what amy you were saying as far as like um it being raisins and currants and um citrus and orange and lemon candied peel and walnuts just like Mm -hmm. yeah it looks like fruit fruit cake right yeah it's like like i'm gonna say fruit poop (laughs) <laughs> well that it too it's like fruit cake but you remove the cake which is arguably the best part of the fruit cake and right. then you replace it with gross congealed gelatin substance that's derived from animal fat well right but, I mean, this, this definitely does have flour and then the breadcrumbs in it which mm. i think kind of that adds make, body make the dough body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. i'm so happy you did that because that's what was in my head <laughs> um this one also has eggs in it so it has three eggs so this is definitely a little bit more cakey you know kind of getting more in that like um you know bread pudding kind of texture i'm guessing um Mm -hmm. but it's this is a steamed situation so like yeah you're you're good titles (laughs) (laughs) situation um so yeah this is a like water bath um outer ring and then you're putting um this one is calling for a um ring mold and i don't know what a turk's head mold is but that's the other mold that they recommend here in betty google and that mm-hmm. um and then yeah it's just kind of oh, it's like a bunt pan yeah i think it's like a bunt yeah i mean it kind of looks like a bunt, bunt. it's just more funnily right like a little bit less round. Sides. Yeah. yeah that's a word funnily not a word funnily, yeah <laughs> we know we know what you're talking about you can add a y at the end of anything yeah yeah or an ish funnel or an ish yeah yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so it definitely wants you to serve it warm um and um it this specifically calls for serving it with your favorite hard sauce i don't know what your favorite hard sauce is but maybe alcohol based sauce i don't know i don't know what because this doesn't have any booze in it like hard sauce is a soft spoonable topping meant to be plopped onto the top of warm desserts like pies and puddings Mm -hmm. so i think that it's jelly like i think Uh, it's like if you have like nope 
No. Rich dessert sauce made by creaming or beating butter and sugar with rum, brandy, whiskey, sherry, vanilla, or other flavorings. It is served okay. cold, often with hot desserts. Okay. So it's kind of like, so like, like alcohol with cream. Or like glaze. Yeah. Like a liquidy glaze with alcohol in it. Probably the best part of this recipe. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, because... <laughs> ew seriously but yeah yeah i was it was very i was shocked that this steamed holiday pudding was was included in the box so when yeah the box yes yeah i didn't think you were going to be able to pull one from the box for this episode but luck hmm. lucked out yeah it was was a good one man comes through got everything covered got it all covered Fingers crossed for next time. Oh, oh, oh. And the other, the best part about this, the best part about this, I don't know if you guys can see this, but it's, oh, it's backwards. Um, uh, This particular, this particular recipe was in the gifts from your kitchen section. So meaning people would make this and give it away to other people. But yeah, that's right? like to give to people you hate. I right. mean, that's fruitcake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my aunt makes a very uh, Christmas cake, which is kind of fruitcake-like, mm-hmm. but it's lighter and softer and also delicious. So yeah, I I can't I, really I'm guessing that the or- origin of fruitcake is probably not what it has become. Like, it's probably not that, like, brick that you see, you know, at, at Cumbies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Combi, <laughs> we'll go get some coffee at Combi's. Yeah, um, you know that like sort of vacuum shrink wrapped situation. Yeah, um, I'm guessing that it used to actually have like fresh cherries or you know like maybe not uh, probably candy. dried, much like pudding. I feel yeah. like it had to come from traditional like Christmas pudding. Like it had right. to evolve. We'll do an episode on it. I'm sure someday. So. Oh yeah. Anyway, this was gifts, gifts from your kitchen. Steam. Don't give me that. Give me the cookie. Holiday, cookie box. Yes. <laughs> cookie cookie box, pudding. No. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So. Well, thank yeah. you, Kate. You're very yeah, welcome. Thanks. Thank you guys. That was great. Some technical difficulties, but we did it. Yay. We so. got through. Yeah, we got through it. As always, 2020, baby. It's almost (laughs) over. Uh, So thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, We will catch you next time. So bye. 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 (laughs) Every time. Thank you for listening to Drunk Dish. For recipes and more, please visit DrunkDish.com. If you like what you hear, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Apple Music. You can also follow us on Twitter at Drunk Dish Pod and Instagram at Drunk Dish. And again, thanks for listening.